It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hey, thanks for listening to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Buddy, how are you? I'm doing really well, man. How are you? Wonderful. It feels like it's been a while since we've recorded. Yes. Uh, I, I know that we've got fresh episodes coming out every week for our listeners, right. and we hope that they're enjoying well, them. Well, we do and... these live. We do, Sorry, right. we're live. Every Wednesday after 9, <laughs> right. Chad scurries mm-hmm. down from yeah. Bartlesville uh, to make it to Tulsa right. on time to click record and just like you right. stream that right up. Yep. You're yep. listening li- As it li- happens, li- how li- is your Wednesday? With all the things that have happened in the news today. Can you believe that about that political turn of events? <laughs> I know that I can't. It was something that I was not suspecting. <laughs> no, so we, we are recording a little bit of a few weeks ahead of time just trying to catch up. Because we, we're hoping, we're hoping... One of the big hopes of After 9, at least for this summer, is to have stuff for you every week this summer. So no matter how busy we get or how busy you get, you can always count on us to have some fresh After 9 goodness coming out of the oven every Wednesday for you to enjoy. So maybe in the middle of camp week for your hour of solitude (laughs) or quiet time, dear youth pastor, you can listen a little After 9, have some humor, have some encouragement, because Lord knows in the middle of a camp week, Hearing somebody else talk about the woes right. and the troubles of ministries is just a balm to the to a spirit. It just so, soothes. If you're huddled in the corner somewhere, <laughs> yeah. rocking yourself, <laughs> to, to we're push, here. Push your earbuds in a little tighter, grab your shoulders a little more firmly, and feel the sweet embrace of Chad and Zach on After Nine. If that kid doesn't go to bed tonight. <laughs> That's right. I'll take him down. I'll take him down. <laughs> it's true. Hey, we're with you. We're here with you. And we're here today to talk about camp stuff, which is something that, like, I love, Chad. I, I love camp planning. I think camp planning, design, and execution is the great medium of youth ministry. Oh, you're a sick individual. <laughs> a sick, sick, twisted person. <laughs> I love it, though. Like, I love the idea that, like, so it's the most engaged you have your students all year. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, it's the most time you get with your students all year inside of one week. Mm-hmm. So if you believe all the statistics that you get your kids two to three times a month, you know, so maybe you have 10 hours a month-ish or whatever for, you know, 10 or 11 months out of the year, that 100 hours of ministry, like, met alongside a five-day camp kind of equals out. I mean, obviously, they're sleeping for four to five hours a night and <laughs> texting each other or being inappropriate or whatever, but <laughs> but the consecutive, consistent hours of ministry during a week of camp rival that of the rest of your year of ministry. And so I think for a lot of folks that are kind of like, camp's stupid, I'm like, it's the it's the most, like, like concentrated form of ministry all year long. And it's just one of those, um, if you do it right, if you make it a thing, like a thing worth, if you make it a thing that you want to go to, then maybe your kids will want to go to. <laughs> what Zach sees as engaged for an entire week, I see as trapped in a room. <laughs> Torment. <laughs> This this is why this is why I get Fridays off. This is it. This is why I get Fridays off. This one week right here. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoy camp. It, it it is 
something that happens every year. <laughs> it's it's a tradition every summer, and so we do it. It's the well, we've always done it. We've always done it. Well, that's not why I do it. But oh, okay. it's <laughs> no, fair enough. It's it's good. It is it is very very good. So Zach, let's let's start this episode off. Let's talking about. What are some of your most memorable moments at camp? Most memorable? Like, in good or bad ways? Good. Okay, good ways. Uh, Man, so for me, going, I grew up going to camp. And so my mom was a children's minister we talked about before. Uh, So we were going to kids' camp, uh, and then I was helping out with kids' camp when I was a youth. So there was, like, summers I was going to camp, like, two to three weeks of the summer. And so camp for us was, you know, staying in a cabin and having some music. I mean, like, at camp is where I learned that you could play you know, guitar, and you could lead worship songs on a guitar, and that was really kind of, like, pivotal for me. Uh, Like I say, not nearly the guitar player I always wanted to be, but a lot of the things that I think that came about creatively or at least engaging in the ways that worship was important kind of broke the mold at camp because we grew up at a church that was fairly traditional, and so, you know, whenever the piano organ got a little raucous, like, that was, you know, the extent (laughs) of, like, like, kind of contemporary music. Settle down in (laughs) here. Hey, that's horns on the organ. That's fancy. (laughs) And so I think I think I'm offensive, boy. I think I think having uh, the music part was really important. Uh, there was a couple years that we had some really engaging speakers. I mean, there's uh, at least in our subculture. Sometimes growing up at camp, it was always having that like one pastor person that was like owed an obligation, and it's like that's why he's preaching. He's friends with that one person, and this he's calling in that favor. But there was some years that were really really impactful speakers um, that just shared scripture in a way that was really moving. Um, but I think for me, that is where I identified who I was inside of the youth ministry. Very cool. I, I think the camp experience growing up um, can be the payoff for kids that are there all year round because you feel like you're in a leadership role. And so converse to that, um, being a youth pastor and watching my students engage and grow, I mean, it really is like a milestone kind of marker. I mean, that, you know, from this year to last year, who's there? Yeah. What did they learn? What are they talking about? Um, who's tall now? Right? Like, like just like little kind of like like these growth and these developmental things or whatever. Like the seventh grade kid, you know, three years ago is now the sophomore guy that like brought his girlfriend, and you're like, you have a girlfriend? Weren't you like four feet tall like a month ago or whatever? Yeah. And so just like kind of the ways that those things change and grow. It's it's a very kind of keen reminder that like what we're doing is happening along life's way for young people. That's kind of cool. I, I don't think that I've ever thought about camp in that way, right? It, it almost has this, like, family sitting around the dining room table yeah, kind of yeah. feel. You know what I mean? Well, because you're living together. And that, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't know for everybody else, but from, from our camp experiences, I mean, you're either in a cabin or you're in multiple cabins, and so you're doing a lot of meals together. Like, you're seeing each other in, like, all of life's way, right? right. Like, I don't, I don't know of any other time where you have three meals a day with your youth ministry students, right? I mean, you might have, like, a weekend thing where you have, like, a late-night pizza, or you might do, like, a Sunday morning breakfast or whatever, but, like, to, like, be with someone through the whole course of the day, like, uh, for, for multiple days, like, eventually, like, the shield kind of wears off and, like, the the essence of who we are kind right. of comes out. So you can kind of see how your people, uh, how your students react and act and interact with each other, and so. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, here's one of my favorite I, I need, I need, Yeah, I need a memory. Well, as as a student, which is where you went, um, I did not like camp at all. Um, <laughs> Were you like forced to go? <laughs> oh, totally. Was it was it mom or dad? Um, well, kind of 
grandma them grandma. and just friends that wanted me to go okay okay you were cajoled i went home like early the first year <laughs> now, I did began. you find ways to go home early or it just so happened sometimes you went i home. called my parents and i said <laughs> come get me oh i was hoping you were like the prankster that was like if i do this they'll totally send me home no i was like this is the worst thing ever it is hot they make me walk everywhere <laughs> i have to wear long pants in the evening tabernacle oh, yeah, why dude, why I'm, are we doing this i am out yes right. i did i called my parents i said you guys need to come get me <laughs> we're done here <laughs> <laughs> this thing is not for me in my life so yeah i went home so and, there you go. and then god brought me into student ministry, ministry and now you go every year <laughs> and you plan it every year <laughs> i go multiple times and then speak at camps yes. and all that kind of deal so um no so Here's one of if my. If they were ever going to get you back, it's because they had to pay you to go. <laughs> so um, you crack the secret. That's it. You crack the code. Yeah. If you act like you don't want to be go. there, they'll, they'll hire you to be there. They'll pay you to be there. <laughs> so um, this was how long ago was this? Seven, eight years ago. Um, we're doing our uh, summer camp, and at the time, um, we had this lake that was by the campground that we used. And so we had a jet ski and a tube. Okay. And kids could go tubing on yeah, the lake yeah. during free time. And um, I'm I'm walking around the campground. I'm like on the other end. I've got a walkie-talkie on me. And all of a sudden, I hear, hey, hey, Chad, we need you down at the boat dock. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Why do they need me? So, because you need me to repair the boat? <laughs> Um, so I get in my sweet golf cart, which makes camp so much better if you have a golf cart. <laughs> Again, on this side of life, Chad Higgins is a big fan of camp. You're telling me I get my own personalized motorized vehicle? Amazing. Yeah. I'm in. Oh, I'm in. So I m- motor on down to the boat dock. <laughs> the jet ski and the tube is at the dock. I see that there is a kid in the middle of this lake. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> Stranded. Just bobbing. Bobbing. Just bobbing. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And they're like, well, here's what happened. We were we were tubing <laughs> him around. He fell off, lost his swim trunks, and they sunk to the bottom. <laughs> so, so his we, bottoms are on the bottom. So Great. we got this kid out there in the middle of the lake that's naked. And, <laughs> and the leaders and all the kids are like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> and so then it's like, okay. Go out there, figure out where this kid's bunk is at. Because we had quite a few kids at camp. Sure. We don't know. I mean, I know what cabin this kid is in. Yeah. But I don't know specific bunks bunk or where his or whatever, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So he kind of tells us, we send one of his friends. We're like, all right, go get another pair of shorts yeah. and a towel. <laughs> Just something. Just something. Just something. <laughs> so the, so the, we're like dressing so you this kid you, you out You didn't the send a leader. You sent another student. You send one of his like buddies, quote unquote. To yeah, because okay. I would much rather his friend go through his bag That's fair. than, than yeah, an maybe. adult leader. We'll see. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, the kid comes out with just a shirt. He's, he's like, like, I got him socks. <laughs> I got him socks. <laughs> You're not helpful. <laughs> no. So anyways. For whatever reason, man, like that just made me laugh so much. Oh like, my gosh! So he's bobbing, waiting on a wardrobe change. Oh yeah, oh, yeah dude, yeah, he yeah. was out there for a long time. <laughs> I just love. There's got to be some kind of like Dante, like Inferno kind of punishment or whatever for camp or whatever. Like the fourth ring of hell is just like <laughs> you're in the middle of the lake, man, but you got no pants. <laughs> and it's just oh, like everybody lined on the like the, the shore, just like is he gonna come in? 
Is it going to come in? Well, here's the deal. This <laughs> The kid that it happened to could not have been better because he was just – he's one of those kids that's just super funny and, yeah. like, really dry. So he's, like, laying into it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Like, when <laughs> – that dinner everybody's talking to him about, he's like, yep. He was like, I'm on the tube. He was like, he starts to swing me out wide. All of a sudden, whoop. And I'm like, I better get off the tube. <laughs> I'm like, wow. All nice. right. Well done, played. Yep, yep. That's good. So. Okay, well, if you're sharing funny stories, this, so this is like my funniest story. So yeah. I need to set everybody up, and like I, I need a laugh track on this one because <laughs> this is my this, – this, this was the moment that I became – a youth pastor. Okay. So if we're doing camp stories, this is the one like <laughs> this is your rite of passage. This is my rite of passage because it was my first summer okay. as a full-time youth pastor and everything went wrong in this particular incident. Mm-hmm. So my first summer, I just graduated college like weeks before and like I've only been at the church for like 3 months. And so we go to this camp. The exciting part is that we had a huge surge in students show up for the camp. Um, for whatever reason, all these 8th and ninth graders came, which is a lot of fun because 8th graders are exciting and weird and great because they're, like, kind of hitting puberty but also, like, not sure what to do with it. And so, like, half their voices are cracking and, like, the girls are taller than the boys and it's great. Like, so look, at, look at all this armpit hair I have. <laughs> I'm fuzzy. You're like, um, all right, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Um, so we had like 30 eighth graders, 30 eighth graders. Like there were other students there, but there's just this huge like like mob of eighth graders. Well, a couple of my girls have brought a lot of their little girlfriends and a couple of the boys have brought all their dudes. So there's a lot of like you know, flirtations kind of going around. Like they're like, they're like doing the whole, like who's going to pair off with who, who likes each other. I mean, like in the eighth grade way, but very much like, well, I like him and he likes her and this and that or whatever. Well, that's the setup for, I come back from playing volleyball one afternoon. And so like it was in the afternoon is like kind of rec options. So people can go play volleyball or swim in the lake or canoe or hang around the cabin or play basketball or whatever. So I get in with the group of people that are playing volleyball and I'm sweaty and like, I've got my, my cutoff t-shirt and my, my bandana because, you know, even then I had a little bit of that bald spot and you never want to like cook, <laughs> cook that bald spot in the sun. And I walk in just kind of sandy, sweaty, gross and I'm met at the door by three of these eighth graders. And they're like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Is he in trouble? Is he going to go home? And I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I met at the door with, like, just anxiety of, like, oh, no. Like, what, what, what has happened, right? Like, they're already throwing out stuff like, he's got to go home, right? And it's just like, I don't know. Is, is he okay? I mean, it's, it's, I'm like, is he sick? Are we hurt? What's going on? We've already called DHS. We've already called DHS, and you're in trouble. <laughs> I was gone. Um, so I get back to the tune of somebody, we don't know who at this point. We find out later. Somebody has urinated all over the belongings, bed, and bag of one of my eighth grade boys. What? Like, the adult leader came out, confirmed it. They had already, like, pulled the sheets and the clothes and were throwing them in the wash. And I guess they had already sent one of the, like, cooks to go go get him, like, a fresh shirt and pants from, from the, like, little store down the road or whatever. But someone had urinated all over his stuff. Like, smelled like pee, looked like pee, definitely pee. And in my head, I'm just like, what? Like, I'm like, because there's, like, 
what? Like, who yeah. does that? And so, like, I, I go into, like, what I now know is dad mode. At the time, I didn't know I had it in me. But I was very frustrated. Like, in, in, a, in a way of, like, righteous anger that I had never felt before. And so it's almost dinner time. So I'm, like, like fuming, just trying to figure out, like, where do I start? What do I say? Is this one of those moments where you, like, flip a table and, like, make a whip and go Jesus <laughs> temple kind of thing or whatever? Because we had really stressed earlier in the week that, like, you know, your bunk is kind of your private space. Like, if you put stuff on your bunk, you should feel safe enough in the community that you can not have your stuff messed with or whatever. Well, Zach, you didn't say nothing about nobody peeing on it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I, officially, I didn't touch none of his stuff. Just my pee did. Gross. Gross. <laughs> and so I get up on the mic at dinner as we're all kind of they're like, they're kind of lining up. And I'm like, all right, everybody, hold on. Before we start for dinner, uh, gentlemen, we have an issue. Yeah. Someone has peed all over Michael's stuff. <laughs> so hold on, Zach. <laughs> I'm setting up the meal with this. I know. Go sorry. <laughs> Young youth pastor Zach. Yeah, this is twenty. This, this is the right moment to do that. <laughs> right before dinner. Right before dinner, we're going into the urination monologue. <laughs> and so, I was, all I right. Told, I need to know who did it. <laughs> no, and then so, I also need to know who's going to pray for this meal. <laughs> who's gonna, I got P, I got number one over here, and I got a number two prayer over here. Great. So, no, I, I didn't set it up that way. What I said was, gentlemen, we have an issue. Someone has messed with Michael's stuff. Okay. I'll be on the back porch. Okay. I would like for the man that did this to own up to it and come out and find me so we can talk about it on the back porch. I'll be there all through dinner. Come as you are mature enough to, like, show up or whatever. Okay. Like, very much like. If you're a man, you'll do it because right. I'm 23 and I think that that works for 14-year-old boys because <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, no, he called my manhood into question. I'll own up to it. No, that's not how it works. Anyway, so at dinner time on the back porch, I'm sitting, eating. Still hasn't showered, still haven't cleaned up. I'm like sweaty, Sandy from volleyball, just fuming. Yeah, you're just, just angry. Eat, just fuming, eating pot roast. <laughs> just like, are you kidding me? You're and, rage and, stabbing <laughs> some green beans. At my camp, at my <laughs> camp, are you kidding me? So nobody comes out. So everybody's cleaning up, going to kind of the worship gathering that night at the kind of like large pavilion, the tabernacle, and uh, they do the thing, and they come back, and we have like late night kind of cabin devotion stuff where we get together, right. share a little bit of the word, and some of our people like lead a song or two, kind of wrap up the night. So we go through all that, and everybody, I think, I think everybody's like, well, maybe, maybe somebody took care of it. Maybe it's like just done. So at the very end, finishing up the little wrap up of the night, and then I get up there, again, big, strong, 22-year-old Zach voice. All right, ladies, thank you much for joining us tonight. Uh, you can make your way back to the dorm bunk area. Gentlemen, we still have some unfinished business. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So they're all like in their jammies or whatever, like sitting there like, what? What's going on? And so I was like, gentlemen, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Earlier this afternoon, we had an incident in which one of our other brother's property was defaced, and I need someone to own up for what they did here today. It's just silent. Just like nobody's like moving. Like, kidding me? I'm not, not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I was like, all right, stand up. So we all stood up, and I had them get out their student books and recite the part of the rules that talked about I will not mess with anybody's other stuff. And I was like, again. And they read it again. And I was like, again. Like they're just reading like these three rules like over and over. And it's like very like little Dead Poet Society moment or whatever. So they get done, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, does anybody have anything they want to say? And in my head, I'm like, I don't know where to go next. Because short of, like, wanting to spank somebody or whatever, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where to go other than, like, I mean, 
I'm 22. These are 14 year old kids. They're not my kids. Are you asking kids like, "Hey, who did this?" I, I had I had spies out, and nobody was talking. Like they had like Kona silenced this thing, and I was like, "Someone needs to answer." But for what this. about these like three girls that were like, "Is he going home?" Like, do they not know who it was? No, 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 no. They thought the kid that had all of his stuff covered in pee was going home because uh. he was so mad. Sorry, they thought he was going home because because they all liked him. Okay. And so that they were like, because they were worried that their man crush was going home or whatever, their little boy crush. And Dude, so, if this story ends with raccoons breaking into you, <laughs> your cabin, and it was it was a raccoon that did it. It was raccoon pee. No, so um, so in, in my head, I'm like, I don't know where else to go. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to get the truth out. Like at this point, I've built it up. We're like, we're not gonna leave this place until we get it figured out. I don't know what to do. So. The back porch I was sitting on earlier is this big kind of concrete slab. And I was like, all right, we're going to have to remember the Titans on this. <laughs> so we went out to the back porch no because way. nobody fessed up. I broke them up into two groups. So this facing is like each other. F- football like style. It, this is like, like, like midnight, the team midnight is at camp. It's like cool at night. And so I have them lined up facing each other and they're running wind sprints at each other. Now here is the brotherhood moment that was so beautiful that I could not have planned for. They were all in their jammies, so they were either barefoot or in stocking feet. As they're running on this slab, running sprints to the middle to me and back, they're sliding, and they are colliding with each other. So these dudes are lined up, and they're running to the middle, slipping, sliding, trying to stop before they get to me, hitting the ground and falling all over each other. And so we're just running them. I'm like, again, run. Again, run again, and like they're starting to like actually be out of breath. And I'm telling my, you right now, this is the moment. Fat junior high cat Chad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. Call my parents. <laughs> I didn't call my mom. <laughs> I didn't pee on that kid's <laughs> stuff, but I'm not running. <laughs> it wasn't me. And I didn't do it. Um, so they're running back and forth, and it's in this moment of like, okay, like what, like what do we do now? Like I'm trying not to laugh because it is the funniest thing to watch these kids collide into each other. And so they're running, they're running, we pause, and I'm like, all right, does anybody have anything to say? Nothing. They're just, like, breathing, looking at each other, like, you can kind of tell, it's like, dude, we're all paying for this crime, so somebody needs to fess up. Because especially the kids later that I knew that had no idea what was going on, other than that somebody had their stuff peed on, were, like, looking at me like, what are we doing? Like, or whatever, and I'm like, hey, man, brotherhood, that's what we're doing. So we ran a couple more times, a couple more times, and one of my sponsors is kind of looking, it kind of gives me the whatever, so, like, I pause again. And so we're pausing, and they're out of breath. And I'm like, guys, gentlemen, anything we want to say? Anybody want to own up for anything? And this kid who's, like, in his mid-20s now, from the back of the lineup, he's like a seventh-grade boy, new to the youth ministry. He's panning, and he goes, Yeah, man, whoever did it, fess up! Grow some balls! And it erupts in laughter. And one of my adult leaders begins to kind of motion towards me, and the guy, like, very sheepishly from, like, the third row kind of steps up and says, kind of nod, kind of gives me the nod. And I'm right, all right, everybody else, back to your bunks. And so, anyway, he fessed up to it. We talked about it. We had the two guys meet. They were actually kind of friends a little bit, and I guess there was like a misunderstanding about some stuff or whatever. Come to find out, the kids had put him up to it. Some of his other buddies put him up to it. And so the next day and the rest of the week, he had to do all of the KP setup 
tables, chairs, cleaning, whatever. And in a way of good, like, atonement, his buddies, like, after he started, kind of started helping him a little bit and stuff for putting him up to it. But just that moment of not knowing what to do, like, that's not in the seminary playbook, right? <laughs> like, well, when a kid pees on somebody else's stuff at camp, the best thing to do is to invoke the Remember the Titans routine <laughs> and have them run on the back porch doing wind sprints until someone runs into each other and they learn the meaning of brotherhood. <laughs> so that was my 22-year-old, like, sometimes the play you run is the play in front of you. <laughs> and that play was the Remember the Titans bit. And it, it was, I don't know, I'll, I'll never forget. And for all those kids, they will never forget that that was um, that first summer, and that was the year that wow. somebody peed on somebody else's stuff. So wow. camp, man, memorable, memorable and you stories. Still of camp. like it? I still like it. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. Wow, wow. So. Well, hey, um, we would love to hear some of your stories for sure. And so, um, reach out, connect to us, connect with us on Facebook or Twitter or uh, Speakpipe. You can go to yeah. our Facebook page, click on the Speakpipe link. It is like a virtual. Uh, kind of voicemail. You can click and leave us a message. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, these are the stories that must be shared. Camp right. stories, like everybody's got one amazing story, if not more, and we need to hear your camp stories. We want to feature them. We want to compile them um, because they're too good not to share. Absolutely. So you guys connect with us. We want to hear your stories. Um, when we come back from the break, we want to talk about some practical things that Zach and I um, do to prepare for camp getting ready for it make sure that your camp season hopefully goes a little bit better than zach's first one come on man join us after the break hey after nine listeners chad and zach are so excited about what is next and we want to keep you in the know if you are not in the after nine email club then sign up today at bit.ly slash after nine email that's bit.ly slash after nine email Each week, Zach and Chad are sending out encouraging words and monthly bonus features. Hear even more hilarious stories and encouraging and honest words about youth ministry. Sign up today at bit.ly slash after nine email or visit www.afternineministry.com to learn more. All right. Welcome back to After Nine. Talking about camp planning stuff on episode 19. And Chad Higgins, how, help enlighten us. Help enlighten us. How do we plan an amazing camp? Like, we all go probably to some kind of retreat center or campground or something. I feel like youth ministry is almost synonymous with some kind of camp like event or atmosphere. So, how do we plan an amazing camp? Well, first of all, um, with with the amount of listeners that we have from really um, different, you know, um, backgrounds, backgrounds states, states, all that kind of stuff, yeah. um, all of our camps are probably going to look different, right? So, some of you may go to camp with just your group. Some of right. you may go to camp with your association or your network, right. or you may go to a statewide camp. Right. Like camp, and that's one of the things I think we need to try to set up is that some expectations of camp may be. You and 20 students sure. or you and 20 students inside of 200 students or right. you and 20 to 200 students inside of 2,000 students. Right. Yeah. There's a so, real variety of spectrum. So as, as we talk through the second half of this episode, we want to be conscious of that, that we're not just talking to one specific group, right? Because we, we know and we've heard from um, so many different youth pastors and youth workers really all over this country um, that have – completely different scenarios. So we want to talk to some of the, um, maybe the, the things that, 
are going to be a little more common across the the spectrum. And so we want to focus on some things before camp that can can really help um, make signups, things like that, that really um, profound. Um, some creative planning inside of camp. Uh, the week of, yeah. You, you may not have full control of everything that goes on, um, but there are certain aspects that we're all going to get to play in. That's specifically, right. your group and, and really taking learning and, and that to the next level. And, and the big thing that I, to be very honest, Zach, I want us to talk about because I know that for myself I need to get better at is the follow-up okay. after camp, okay. right? Um, because... <laughs> For me, and, and I would imagine many of our listeners, the final day of camp comes, I like unhook the trailer and I'm like, I am done. <laughs> right. right. We are. <laughs> see everybody next year. All right. All right. <laughs> and, and so I, um, I know that utilizing. When did you get tall? <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> utilizing camp for more than just that sole experience, but something that we can use to continue to grow. Sure. And, and the health and the numeric number of our, our student ministry that I think is very important. Well, I think the camp thing is only good. And I think so. I, I talked in the first half how much I love camp because I do love camp. And I think it's a medium. And I'll talk more about what that actually even means. But I think camp is only good if it's a part of our ongoing plan or culture or structure of youth ministry. Like if camp for you starts on the bus ride there and ends on the unhitching of the trailer at home, then, yeah, maybe you had a great event or you had a great, you know, festival or concert kind of thing. Um, But in what ways did it build up your ministry for the rest of the, you know, 51 weeks of right. the year. And so I, I think for me that starts, I, I agree that the fall is important, but for me that starts in the, the preparation stuff mm-hmm. uh, because camp is, it, for, for me at least, it, it's a story you're telling, right? Like it's the story that your youth ministry needs to participate in. It's the story your youth ministry needs to learn, to grow in. It's the story of the gospel working in the lives of people rooted in scripture and applicable to this community of students. And so uh, I, I think some really practical guideline kind of things is you should be thinking uh, about your camp life stuff probably a month for every day of camp in advance. So if you go to like a five-day camp, like five months out, you should be thinking about what are we going to try to do this year? Like what, what is it that my students need? They're doing that pastoral discernment process of, so for us a couple of years ago, one of the really important elements to like thematize what we're doing, but also to implicate what we were doing was to have some good fellowship. We were partnering with a different church. Uh, I had not been there long and there was still some fractures in the, the student ministry where we felt like even within our own identity, we had a couple kind of competing identities of who we were. And so that real, that theme of fellowship became really important to try to knit us together. And so we did things, thought about things, prepared things on the front end that would be sensitive to that. And that started by us identifying, you know, five, six months earlier, this is where we're at. This is what we need. Because there is some, I think, broad needs for your ministry um, that, yes, week to week, preparing a talk of, you know, like, this is what's happening this week, and this is what we're going to do next week. But I think there's that pastoral sensitivity, because what you're creating is, is a certain kind of community for the week. And so you need to know the kind of setup that needs to happen to get to that place in community to kind of either work out or build up or hash out some of the things that are going on in your community. And so if, you know, one of the things for your community is you've got some high school leaders that really need to have some opportunity to step up and be leaders because that's something you value, but also that your group needs. 
be thoughtful even in the early stages of how you can begin to prepare yeah. those kind of things to make that the camp reality. That's that's really good, Zach. Um, and, and I I love that because my my thought, and I think we we come at this very similar, but even in some um, some different ways. And, and I think combining those, I know for me that'll be a, a big walk away for me. Um, not that I I don't completely do that, but coupling those these two things together I think would be very useful. So for you it's looking at on the pastoral sense what is um my group need. Yeah. For me I I begin a lot of my planning for things like this of um what are the big main elements that I want to, to teach. go. Okay, okay. Okay. And so it's for you this is almost like your kickoff for like so for a pastor that has like a year of blank a year of prayer right. a year of you know giving or whatever like this is almost kind of a way for you to kind of like flagship or banner the things that you want to teach them? yeah in, okay. in some ways but then even specifically just for camp okay and so i'll go um from just base like scripture yeah of going okay this is the biblical principle that i want all my students okay. to walk away from sure. by the end of this week right and it may be a couple that i'm going to hit on every single day um but from there it's like okay this is the root of scripture that we're going to be pulling from it all comes back to this it for you it all comes back that to this. week okay. exactly um and so then the creative elements all stem and come from that place okay. because i know when I, when i was younger in student ministry um, I would often go, okay, how do we want to theme this? What's yeah. going to be cool? What's the stupidest, craziest, wildest <laughs> thing that we can do? Well, yeah. my thing was I always wanted to, I always wanted to be the, like the hip and cool and yeah. relevant, right? Yeah. And so oftentimes it was like, what is an awesome theme, theme yeah. that, that we can rally What's that around? MTV show that we really can't talk about, but if we changed a couple of the words, we could make it our theme? Right, yeah. or it's like um, at that time I was like, oh, well, We'll have a theme verse, right? And gotcha, then okay, from okay. there, we'll come up with a theme. It's like, mm, okay, what's fine. a marketing slogan that we can <laughs> spoof this week? Um, and to be very honest, like um, on a spiritual aspect, I-, I think I've had to repent from that. To be very honest, with okay. You. Um, not, not that I was like living in some sort of like massive sin. I just think that I was almost robbing my students from it. I was trying to make it hip, cool, and relevant. Yeah, and I think in doing that, I almost like. In, in a very biblical phrase, robbed the power of the cross. Okay. Um, and, and so I always want to come from this place of truth and then build creativity out of that. Okay. And so I think joining what you're talking about, right, if if we all start really thinking through, okay, where are students at? What is the truth that they need to hear? Yeah. And then we start to get creative um, and start to to think, okay, what are what are our big main like learning styles, all those kind of things that we can begin to implement all through the week, right? So for our kids that are visual learners, they're yeah. getting it in this way. For our kids that are audio learners, they're getting it in this way. For our kids that are these kinetic, kinetic tactile, touching yeah. kind of ways, they're they're seeing and they're hearing the truth. Yeah. Um and their felt need of this family that is their student ministry and their church um, brought together in this week. And and I think it, for me, it comes back to this thing that you brought up earlier in the episode of, of this very family thing of camp and seeing who's gotten taller and all yeah. those kind of things that, that we get to grow in this spiritual truth before camp. And so for, for us out there, hopefully that we're looking at camp in more than just 
okay, it's these set dates in June or July, yeah. um, but but we're really thinking through, okay, what is it that we want to accomplish through those weeks, and, and how do we go about doing that? Well, because it should reflect your best effort, and I think that's one of the things that, that camp, whatever it is, whatever it looks like for you, dear listener, it should reflect your best effort, not an an excessive or extraneous effort, like one of the things that you're, you're alluding to that, that I would want to kind of chime in on is I don't think that you should do things at camp that you wouldn't necessarily do at home, but I think it should be the best that you can bring because you get so much ministerial time with these students right. that you should be even more thoughtful than you would be sure. for a Sunday or a midweek because you have so much of their time right. and hopefully, prayerfully, so much of their focus. Sure. And so that's one of the things, I think there are some that go to camp and just kind of let it be whatever it needs to be. And and I think that might be okay, but I would I would really pray that you would see your camp week as a chance for you to, to direct right. a certain kind of not production, but oversee kind of this spiritual formation and growth in students mm-hmm. because sometimes they don't know what they need. Um, but hopefully you do as their pastoral ministerial figure, and you can begin to in thoughtful and disciplined and theological and spiritual ways shape them into kind of the growing students that they are that helps undergird what you're going to be about during the school year or to help build on what you've already taught earlier that summer. And so I think that what you were sharing, again, it starts in the preparation of being really attentive to your students, attentive to the things that you want to impart, teach, the scriptures. And so that only happens if you give it enough time. It's really hard to account for multiple learning styles and then the density of a whole week if you're only doing it a few days or a few weeks before. You need, in the same way that you need days to sit with the scripture and the talk before you deliver it a Sunday or a midweek or the sermon that you preach, um, you need to sit with for months the kind of camp community experience that you're hoping to direct or craft. What, when do you, Zach, for you, when do you start um, publicizing your camps and doing signups and things like that? Uh, so the, our camp is typically mid-July, um, either like kind of the first, second, or third week of July. Uh, for us, it's usually right around Easter time that everything's kind of locked in. So we've already set the date last fall. So the mm-hmm. date and the cost of camp was already set up. Uh, last November-ish, because we usually lock in our dates for the following camp year at the end of October of the same year. And so so for this year, 2016, by end of October, we knew. So the big January newsletter that went out to our parents, uh, we had already kind of leaked that it was going to be this week, and it was going to cost this much. And then by January, it's already available. But as far as the, like, thematic reveal or the like maybe the kind of and, and we and we do because this is just kind of who i am a little teaser trailer like movie spoof kind of thing for camp we used to come out kind of coinciding with like either like end of march or early april easter kind of time and so for us like capitalizing on like easter weekend when a lot of students are there that maybe aren't there except for camp mm-hmm. and easter <laughs> is a really kind of great kind of tease or invite into so i always try to have um, not just like the date and the price, but like sign up forms and stuff ready the week of Easter, uh, and then really push over the course of summer. Yeah, that's so. good. That's good advice. I like because like summers fill up fast, and that's one of the things that I mean. I think at least for our understanding here in Oklahoma, like our kids are usually at some kind of camp or practice or summer football or band or right. or, or, or baseball. Um, pretty much almost every week of the summer, and so you're almost fighting for one of the weeks of their summer. Like, it's not like they're home all summer and they're like, oh man, camp. But there's, it's like, man, okay, well, 
that week works because I have family vacation the week before, and right. then we start summer band after. So that's gonna be great. That'll be great. And it's just you know they, people people are planning family vacations around um, church ministry activities and youth summer camp, sure. and that only can happen if you give them enough time. Right. So. No, that's really good. That's great advice too. I, I love the emphasis on Easter, right? Like right, you, you yeah. get to get an entire audience and crowd that you may not to the rest of. The semester, and they may not come back until camp, but that's awesome. <laughs> so that's, yeah, but we try to get them connected. That's right, right. That's right. Well, and that and that's so that's one. I guess one more thing to kind of throw in is that there is nothing like getting connected at camp. Um, if you come on a Sunday or a midweek, or you're an in, infrequent attender of church, it can be kind of hard to kind of feel like you've like kind of broke into the community. Right. But if you live with people for a week. You're going to have stories and connections and and memories together. Sure. Uh, well, that's one of the things that we tell our leaders, and so maybe even on the preparation side to share with our friends. Like, I, I tell my leaders, if if you if you can only make one event of the year, like I need you at a couple days of camp. I know it's a commitment. I know it's vacation days off for you if you yeah. have a job you work in the summer. But there's too much relational community stuff happening in our youth ministry for you not to be there at least for a day or two. Sure. Like we need you there. Yeah. Sure. So tell tell us what are some things that you do at camp that at camp. that you feel like would be great wisdom for everyone. So one of the things that kind of um is a part of our model of youth ministry is that we we jokingly refer to um what we do from Sunday through Saturday is camp all year round. And so everything that we do Sundays, Wednesdays and Fridays uh, are in their best form at camp. So, so for us, we we gather three three to four times a week just because of kind of where we're at with stuff. And so, the the really strong biblical teaching on Sunday, um, the really interactive elements on Wednesday night, whether it's like prayer stations or like journaling or drawing or coloring or, or musical engagement of Wednesday nights or, or the the intense um, small groups of Friday night are all accounted for at camp. And so, camp in many ways is like the the essence of everything else that we do. So it's it's excellent teaching, it's interactive engagement, and it's really important and powerful small groups. And so every day those happen, and every day those um, those happen with hopefully the best leaders and the best direction, covering some of the most important and relevant topics to kind of our our emphasis or theme for the week. That's awesome. So what about for you? Like at, at camp, what are the things that you're either known for, or the things that you are just really about at camp? So for for me, um, I would I think one of the things that we've done the last few years that have has been the strongest um, is I try to create space in camp um, for my older students to uh, to step up and lead in some ways, and so we have we have older students that will engage and lead in um, some of our younger students' small groups. Um, and things like that that's very intentional for us because that's kind of um f- for me and my student ministry kind of a culture that we we try to build um that that we are the church and so we're active in that okay. learning all the aspects of that whether it's um teaching or serving or all that kind of stuff and so um f- for my for my students my my big hope and goal is that if you graduate out of my student ministry, you could immediately begin to lead a small group. Okay. Okay. So for you, it's the small group culture, and yeah. it's it's the transformation of being um, unaware to aware sure. to an active and then like engaging and so, leader participant. So okay. over time, I've had students, um, some specific students that God's gifted them and called them in some areas. I, I've had some of our senior students that will speak on some, you know, 
morning time sessions and things like that that'll completely lead for large groups and things like that 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 I've always thought as has been really really great but then also um I try to te- I try to treat my older students very much like adults okay is that a certain dedicated age like when they hit their junior senior year that's that way or is it kind of um so as you see it awaken in them, all of my high school students, okay, I, freshman, I, sophomore, junior, yeah. senior, okay, I really try to begin to treat them like adults, okay. Um, and can and you I've, give us like maybe an anecdote, like what what is it, I hear what you're saying, sure, but maybe kind of like so exemplify. One that. of the things that we talk about at our high school camp from the, from the very get go, and and know, know this that as you're listening, and this isn't something that I feel like I've created, more just some of the culture of our church. Um, but one of the things that we talked through at our, our high school camp from the very beginning is, um, you know, about just respect is, is earned and all those kind of things and that of how we're going to treat them through the week. And so we're expecting things to happen here, um, at camp, not only on a spiritual sense, but just as us all living together. And so, um, for, for example, we have, we have designated times as far as like, what time we're going to be in bed and all that kind of stuff. And and so instead of us harping on students of, Hey, it's time to get in bed. We, we talk much more with our, our leaders and them about, um, what getting in bed allows them to get out of tomorrow. Okay. Does that make sense? So you're not going to bed cause you're a punk kid. And it's it's no, lights it, out. Right. It's I'm not ever going at my high school camp. It's it's eleven o'clock. It it's lights sleep. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so what that's caused and created is I have a some of my always some of my best conversations with students happens past that time. Okay, because they they then not they then see they've started to see like this time now some of them are gonna mess around and talk and that's that's a given right and we kind of look at that as they're they're building community all those kind of things now if it gets out of hand we obviously want to talk about it but um man i've had some i've engaged in some great conversation with kids that feel like hey we can we can sit around and really talk about some valuable things because i'm not going to pull the plug if if i've got a group of four students out in my kind of lobby area talking through some like deep spiritual yeah. things or just some heartfelt things. The space is yours. Okay. We're, okay. He- we're here for a week. We're going to use it night or day. Okay. You know, to, to do that. And so if that means us getting to bed a little later, so you're not a hard and fast, okay. not with my high school students, okay. because I want them to, I want them to understand, um, that they make those choices. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think that there's something valuable to teach of, for a student that even when they go back home, maybe staying out late on a Saturday night causes them to miss church on Sunday morning. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I can't teach that if I have this like strict 11 o'clock lights yeah. are out. You know what I mean? And and once again, at all the churches I've been at, that probably does not work at right. all of okay. them. Where I'm at now, knowing the culture there, that works for us. Well, and you've also been there long enough now that you've kind of shaped that sure. around what your ministry expectations are. Um, so I, I think I could hear someone listening to what you said and be like, well, that wouldn't work for us. Right. Um, but I also hear you saying it on the back of being there for you know six years. Right. And that, that's a thing that like it's built into the kind of understanding right. of 
well, this is, uh, you know, this is not me being lax. This is me being maturing in the ways awesome. that I handle Absolutely. my growing students. And, and in, in, in reality, I'm actually being a lot more strict okay. if, if I'm going to be very yeah, honest yeah. in a lot of the ways that we do it, because we make it very clear. Like, um, if you're out here and you're hanging out talking, like if you're just like messing around during this time, yeah. like you're kind of being irresponsible. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, and, and so, and, and it's kind of coming back to this, like, what are you trying to really get out of yeah, this week? Yeah. If that makes sense. What are you here for? Right. <laughs> What's his or and her not that name we're, that you're interested in? <laughs> right. And not that we're ever guilting any, anybody into it, but I think in creating that culture, I think it gives students this expectation for the rest of the week of what they're really trying to get out of it. You know what I mean? Because no, I want camp to be fun and all those kind of things. But in the heart of it is like if we walk out of here Friday and you've wanted a few volleyball games yeah. and played in the lake, okay, you could have done that at home. Sure. sure. You know what I mean? And so I, I want our kids to engage. So f- final thought, I know we got to go really quick here, Zach, but what is what are some thoughts or ideas that we can help coming on – out of camp to yeah. really to plug in some of these Easter kind of kids or these kids that we only see at camp into our into our ministry. So I think I think the small group culture is really important because more than just connecting with you know a band or a speaker on stage or even you as the youth pastor person, uh, whatever size your ministry is, getting connected inside the community of camp will hopefully draw them into. Um, the practice at home. And this is why I think we led with some of the things that we talked about in the second half of you should give your best at camp, but it shouldn't be wildly different than what you do at home because at camp, you're just esteeming your already existent values. You're not trying to create an alternative reality. Mm -hmm. Like you're just trying to offer the best of what you hope to offer every Sunday or midweek or whatever. And so if, if small groups aren't important to you, that's okay. Um, Like if, if you're just more kind of like present, play and go that's fine give the best version of that but if you are kind of a small group driven youth ministry culture make sure that you honor enough time in that and you find ways to not just have them but make them engaging like prepare your leaders prepare those times so that they're engaging enough that that student that was kind of on the edge of the fringe now feels pulled to the middle of what that group is about so for the middle school boy or girl high school guy or girl that they are now invested in the life of that small group. And if that group meets on, you know, Sunday nights or mornings or, or midweeks or whatever, they know that they can have that again and again. And that gives them a very um, approachable, uh, uh, apprehendable kind of like like node to connect into the rest of your ministry. Uh, and so everything else around that, I think, serves that kind of like community building function, right? Like you present the gospel to this group to build up this community that is the church when we return home. And so you know, we leave to retreat and renew and regrow, uh, but we're also coming back down into um, the realities of life. And I think that, that it's best served if we're you know bringing them back in a more tight-knit relational bond than we like sent them out with. Yeah. No, I think that that's good. I think get them connected into those groups. So we we need to think through that, right? Even in our planning of, okay, these are our students that are going to be at camp. How do we get them connected yeah. into some of these small groups? Have some larger things that you do with your small group to kind of pull them into an even right. smaller group. Right. And so I think we've, we've as, as we plan for camp this year, I think we need to be um, mindful of those kind of things. The the one thing that I, that I want to leave as some advice with is this. I think when we, when we think about camp, 
um, we are immersing students into this culture for an entire week, yes. right? Yeah. They're getting <laughs> they're seeing you in all of your ways right. for a whole week. But they're seeing they're also there's for most of these students, they're spending more time in God's word. Yes. Um, then maybe the rest of the year, <laughs> maybe the rest of the year, they're going to be in it every single day. They're going to have teaching, worship, all of these kind of things every single day in their life. You know, a lot of times I think student ministries get this bad rap that it's like we have these mountaintop experiences at camp and then these kids fall off the the problem is this i think we've gotten to this place where we idealize the camp or the campground the reality of what is happening is you have um man coming into the presence daily of a god who loves them and cares for them and that does something to someone it does and so it always does something very rightfully we should be in this um, mountain peak moment. The problem is not that there is something magical or special about this Mystical. campground, yeah. but the fact that we're coming into daily the presence of God. And so we've got to help students learn to create space in their everyday life yeah, good. that they have what's happening at camp. Yeah. Because the magical thing about camp is not the rec time, it's not the cabin, it's not the cool things that you do yeah. or the creative elements. It's the fact that they get to engage with God every single day. And so we've got to help students create, for lack of a better word, a camp time for them every single day that they're yeah. being renewed and refreshed and that we're pointing students to that deeper thing, yeah. right? That the they, habits, the processes, the practices. Right. I mean, if, if you, if you're not offering your students um, just the, you know, if you're just offering the entertainment value kind of stuff and not giving them like, Hey, the reason this week was so good is because you read scripture and you prayed right. and you sang worship songs and you were focused and attentive to God and not on your phone all the whole time. That's it. That's the right. magic code. Yeah. That's so important. I'm going to step on my toes and hopefully your toes as we leave this episode. If your kids leave camp, with the primary thought that my youth pastor is so cool and so creative and camp was so awesome this year for all of the wrong reasons, I think we failed. I think if our students walk away with some habits and some elements to go, this is how I pursue God yeah. daily in my life, then then hopefully that's what we're striving for. That's good. Um, Guys, gals, we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening to After 9. We will see you guys next week. Hey, have fun at camp. (laughs) Thanks for listening to After 9. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit after9ministry.com to share your stories.